Let's start with the circle. Find the slope of the graph of the circle x squared plus y squared equals 25 at the point 3 comma 4. So I have a circle with radius 5 centered at the origin because I'm not subtracting or adding anything to the x or the y. You can verify that the point 3, 4 is on the circle. 3 squared plus 4 squared is 25. When I go over here, I have a very beautiful picture of a circle. I apologize, my circles are terrible. But I have the point 3, comma 4 on the circle. And if I'm looking for the slope of the graph, another way to say that is the slope of the tangent line at the point 3, 4. So I'm looking for the slope of that line. Now, one other interesting thing. If you had an object and you were spinning it around on a string and you let go of the string right at that point 3, 4, the tangent line represents the path that the object would follow once you let go. So if you let go right here, the object is going to go off like that. So that's interesting as well. We want the slope of the tangent line. That's the derivative, right? If you look at the formula, though, how are we going to get the derivative, dy dx, if we don't have y equals something? If you'll recall from before, we always started with something like, you know, y equals x squared plus 4. We wanted maybe the slope of the parabola at some x value. And so we could just say the derivative of y with respect to x is... 2x. So then whatever x was, we plug it in, we get our slope. Now the thing is, we just took for granted the left-hand side. The derivative of y, we wrote dy dx. But it's going to be helpful in this section to think about the fact that y could be written as y to the first power. Just like the derivative of x to the first would just be 1, we, if we're talking about with respect to x, then we think of this the same way. The derivative of y is just 1. But then, because of the chain rule, if you recall from that section, because of the chain rule, the derivative of y with respect to x, I have to write it because I'm differentiating one variable with respect to another. So I have to write that derivative. So that's why the derivative of 1 to the first could be thought of as 1 dy dx. That's why we've always written dy dx. But we took it for granted when we had y equals x squared plus 4. Now, what we're going to use in this example with the circle is what if we have something like y squared equals 5x. If I want to find dy dx, I use the fact that if I have two things equal to each other, two expressions equal to each other, then if I take their derivatives, those should be equal as well. Just like I did in the previous example. y equals x squared plus 4. So the derivative of y should equal the derivative of x squared plus 4. That's what I have, dy dx equals 2x. So if y squared equals 5x, then the derivative with respect to x of y squared should equal the derivative with respect to x of 5x. So the derivative with respect to x of y squared I use the chain rule. I have something squared. Its derivative is two of those somethings to the first power. But then I have to multiply by the derivative of that something. The derivative of that something is the derivative of y with respect to x. Chain rule equals the derivative of 5x, 5. And then the derivative of x with respect to itself Some people find it helpful to write that when they're doing these problems. dx dx 
And the derivative of something with respect to itself is just one. And it's not exactly like canceling, but it works to think about if you're differentiating a variable with respect to itself, then the change is just one that you multiply. So you don't really change the five any. So the derivative of 5x is just 5, dx dx is just 5. So we have 2y dy dx equals 5. Then if I wanted to solve for dy dx, I could say that equals 5 divided by the coefficient, right? It's just like saying 2yx equals 5. If I want to solve for x, i got to divide both sides by 2y. So I solve for the dy dx. And this is my first example, actually, of something called implicit differentiation. I did this one first because it's easier than a circle. And it's related to the problems that we did at the end of the section on the chain rule. Differentiation. Implicit differentiation. It's called implicit because we didn't have y solved explicitly in terms of x. We have y squared equals 5x. So we had to find its derivative implicitly, or kind of around the back way. Derivative of y squared, 2y dy dx equals 5. Then solve for dy dx by dividing both sides by its coefficient, 2y. Now you'll notice your derivative actually is not in terms of x, it's in terms of y. We'll talk about that in future examples. A lot of times that's going to be just fine. Your derivative is going to have a y in it. It might also have x in it. It could have those variables mixed up, just like they're mixed up, in the original relation. So let's go back to the circle. x squared plus y squared equals 25. Here, y is stated implicitly in terms of x. The x's and the y's are mixed up. We have two ways to find dy dx in this example. The reason why we have two ways to find dy dx in this example is because we can solve the equation for y. Not all relations can be solved for y, but if you can solve for y, then you could solve the original equation for y and then use the rules for differentiation that you've already learned. So let's do that first, and then we're going to use implicit differentiation and see if we get the same answer. So we're going to solve for y. y squared equals 25 minus x squared. y squared is this. I want to know what y to the first power is. So how do I undo squaring? I take the square root of both sides. But what was y? It was either a positive thing that we squared and got 25 minus x squared, Or it could have been negative, right? Because when you square a negative, you just get the positive back again. So there are two solutions to y squared equals 25 minus x squared. You could have y equals the positive square root of 25 minus x squared or the negative square root of 25 minus x squared. Now, if you're wondering how that relates to our circle, 
let's go back to our graph and see where these two different formulas come into play to make up our graph of a circle. So moving over here, I have something that's not a function. And I really have the square root the square root of 25 minus x squared if I have the positive one doesn't that mean that the y values are positive? So isn't that the top half of my circle? And then the bottom half of the circle I'm going to use red is for my negative y values. I realize it's probably difficult to read. I have the negative square root of 25 minus x squared. All the y values are negative on the bottom half of the circle. And if you want the positive, you could just take the zero with the positive one, right? Either way, you could think about the when y is zero, it's on it corresponds to either formula, doesn't it? When x equals five, when x is five, y is zero for either formula. So I have a top half of a circle and a bottom half of a circle, and together they make the whole circle. When I solve for y, I have two different formulas. Now, if we're doing implicit differentiation, um, then we don't have to think so much about the top half and the bottom half. But if we're solving for y in terms of x, then we might want to think about which point we're at. The point 3, 4 is on the top half, so I want to use the positive square root of 25 minus x squared in order to get my slope. So I'm going to use the positive the positive square root for the point 3, comma 4. So So I want to find dy dx of this formula. Now you may recall, in order to take the derivative of a square root, I have to write it to the 1 half power. And then the derivative of 1y with respect to x is 1 half u times du dx. So I have 1 half u, u is 25 minus x squared, sorry, I said 1 half u, to the negative 1 half, I forgot to say last time. The derivative of u to the 1 half is 1 half u to the negative 1 half, right? 1 half minus 1. But then, u is more than just x, so I have to multiply by the derivative of u, derivative of the inside. So the derivative of the inside is negative 2x. Now I know this looks ugly because of the negative one-half power and some other, and 25 minus x squared in the parentheses, but this can be simplified pretty quickly. A half times a negative 2x is a negative x on top over, because a negative one-half power means one over, the positive one-half power of 25 minus x squared. So I move to the 25 minus x squared down to the bottom because of its negative exponent. And then I could write that as a square root, couldn't I? So my dy dx, my derivative of y with respect to x, the slope of the graph, 
on the top half of the graph is negative x over the square root of 25 minus x squared. Now, if they just asked for the derivative of the top half of the graph, this would be my answer. But they asked for the derivative at the point 3, 4. At the point 3, 4, I plug in 3 for x and 4 for y, and I get negative x is negative 3 over the square root of 25 minus 3 squared. 3 squared is 9. So I get negative 3 minus, sorry, negative 3 over the square root of 16, which is positive 4. So my slope is negative 3 fourths. If you look at the graph, you'll see that the tangent line looks like it could have a slope of negative 3 fourths when x is 3 and y is 4. So let's go back and put that on the graph. The slope is negative 3 fourths. So far, I haven't done anything new to this section except showing you that you have to solve for for y first before you can differentiate. Then we used the chain rule and we plugged in 3 for x. However, there is another way. I told you there were two ways to do this problem because we were able to solve the formula for y, y in terms of x. Some of the problems will not, you won't be able to solve for y in terms of x. And also, you might not want to have to do that. Um, This one wasn't impossible, but it wasn't exactly easy either, was it? Let me show you how to do this using implicit differentiation.